The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Hello, I'm Scott Sockman. I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Michael Barr is once again taking the week off. We've said that a few times already, haven't we? Man likes his vacation. Okay, wait, I respect he, it. He's at Hershey Park this weekend. We better get some chocolate on the way back, right? Yeah, you, did you put any pressure on him to bring stuff back? I did not, but well, I did I mean, a little bit. He's got to, right? All right, well, we're going to do this without him, and we are beginning, Mr. Novi williams with Washington Redskins running back Adrian Peterson. It sounds like the man's going to need a paycheck this year. Yeah, so, you know, Adrian Peterson is getting sued right now for for not paying back a $5.2 million loan, I believe. You know, there, there are some other reports of, of a couple other million dollars that he owes to some creditors. Uh, a guy who's made $100 million, $100 million. on the field uh, in his 12, 13-year career. Uh, that is a lot of money to go through to suddenly be be in debt a couple million. Yeah, this is how the stereotype of the fleeced athlete and how things like the 30 for 30 broke get made, where the statistics in that Sports Illustrated article way mm. back when of 80% of NBA players, I think, are in financial distress, three, five years, whatever, after retirement, which, by the way, does not even pass the common sense test. <laughs> but because there are such high-profile failures that when they go wrong, things like this, it, it just permeates out there that, boy, athletes, they just lose their money and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, this this feels like the... 2010s version of Antoine Walker, right? Yes. Who, who made a lot Boom. of money as an Perfect. NBA player and and squandered all of it. I the scale here, and and you're right, and and we hear these stories all the time of athletes who they trust the wrong person. They're obviously not business savvy, especially when they're young. You know, they think paychecks are coming forever. They spend a lot, uh, and we don't know the details specifically about Adrian Peterson and exactly how this went down. But a hundred million dollar, and that. You know, that's that's before tax, sure, but he also had endorsements. Yes. So let's say roughly the taxes cancel out the endorsements is probably more on the plus side for him. But to lose $100 million in 12 years, I mean, if you, do, if, you do, if you do the math, that's it's $23,000 a day spending. And that, that is a crazy and Did you rate see the blame spending. game right away, by the way? Some people on Twitter, when the news came out, they pointed to the lavish birthday party. Yeah, that, I mean, that's ridiculous. If you have the hundred million, you can have that. Birthday <laughs> you can have party. that birthday party. You can do it. Yeah. You can't spend that money every day like that. But rule number one, and if we do have any prospective or current professional athletes and you're just getting a check, rule number one, I'm going to keep it very simple for you. First piece of first and only piece of advice I will give you, then I'll let others talk about you know tax and financial planners. Do not, under any circumstance, sign power of attorney away. That is the number one piece of advice that I will give to any prospective athlete out there who may come into some big bucks in terms of a signing bonus or just big time checks. Do not sign away power of attorney, which means if you don't know what that means, that means that other person, whoever has power of attorney, can sign your name as if it is you, can open accounts, close accounts, do with it what he or she will. 
So that's my first piece of advice. We've had athletes, a number of athletes on this show, and and we a lot of them we talk to about you know the way they handled their money, but also kind of holistically in locker rooms. It seems as though a lot of athletes say now people are getting smarter. The athletes today, 2019, are maybe more aware of both the pitfalls and the proper way of managing your money. Uh, do you think that's true? I mean, Adrian Peterson, is he kind of more of an outlier now than than maybe it would have been 15 years ago? I'd still say he's ago? kind of old school, yeah. he's He didn't come up at a time when perhaps Bloomberg TV and some others are, are on, in the, on the, in the locker room, right? Um, I told you the old story where uh, Grant Hill and Pat Garrity... <laughs> Yeah, so he did, they didn't want to name names, but they were the old men in the locker room. This is in Orlando. Where in Orlando, this? right? And literally, the Cartoon Network was on in the training room, <laughs> and they would wait for you know the eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds to leave the room before they would put on something else, no matter what it be, you know, it might be. Yeah. But that, I don't think that's happening much anymore. The conversations are different. It doesn't have to keep close because everybody knows how much you're making, and the, the adage is, it's not how much money you make. It's how much of it do you keep, mm-hmm. and you gotta you have a long horizon. When you're a professional athlete, you're done at 35. If you're lucky, you're done at 35. That's a long runway to real retirement. You mm-hmm. got to do something, so you got to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com. Anyway, all right, move on. That is pro football. Let's go to, in part, college football. Pac-12 wants you to get up super early and watch the games. Yeah, Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12 conference at, at, the, at the football media day uh, last week, uh, said that he was working or at least in conversations right now about the possibility of moving up some games uh, so that they air earlier on the on the East Coast. And the time that he was talking about was 9 a.m. Pacific, right, which would be n- noon on the on the East Coast. By the way, good for you to do that on the radio because here's a little thing <laughs> I haven't people written do. Down. That, but here are things something that, that people do not know about Eben Novi Williams. Struggles mightily doing the conversion, whether it's Eastern time, Pacific time, struggles I'm usually mightily. always wrong. <laughs> I, I add three when I should subtract three, and I subtract three when I should add three. But good job. You but I wrote it down. Yeah, 9, 9 a.m. two twelve is what it says on the notebook. Um, but yeah, this, so this is this is follows a, a lot of con- controversy and complaining from folks in Pac-12 land. You know, coaches are upset that they air so late at night. You know, athletic directors who have fans on the East Coast in New York or big cities, Washington D.C., who you know complain that they have to stay up until two a.m. to watch the end but of the just UCLA from a promo, game. Let's be fair. I mean. I, I see. I watch college football every now and then. Yeah, and it's the same schools in my head all mm-hmm. the time. And it's it's not the Pac-12. I mean, I see the promos. Yeah, I know UCLA is going to play Washington, <laughs> but I'm not watching. Of it course, because it yeah, starts at ten thirty at night on, right. on the East yep. Coast. Um, yep. and you know, and, and this is kind of part and parcel. But the Pac-12 has has been has struggled. On the field, both football and basketball. We're talking mostly about football right now, uh, but the, but the conference is kind of lagging behind, and, and the money is the same thing. You know, the Big Ten shares fifty four million dollars amongst its uh, to each of its members. The the SEC is at 
45 or so. The Pac-12 is barely at 40. All uh, at a time, so, by the way. Put it in context. Now, yeah. all at a time when the Pac-12 is looking to sell is looking to a sell piece, a piece of, its, of, a, of, of a new media, media entity. Yeah. And by the way, at a time when the Pac-12 controls all of its media, will be up at once, and the Pac-12 can go out and mass and sell all of its media properties. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see if this happens. I, I mean, I, you can obviously understand the drawbacks here. A kickoff game at, at 9 a.m. Or, or 10 a.m. if you're Colorado or Utah, you know, you're not going to be tailgating and drinking much before that game. A lot of students are probably not even awake that early on a Saturday out there. I mean, it changes the experience for fans. Um, and I think there's a, a reasonable question to ask about whether it really gives them much more exposure. You know, there are... Big Ten games, there are SEC games that kick off at noon Eastern. Um, certainly the 3.30 window, which I think would be the ideal one for Pac-12, yeah. is just dominated by your Alabamas and your Michigans and your Ohio States. You know, you're not going to break into Those are the names I hear window. all the time, right? Yeah, the, I, know, I know Wisconsin's playing Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn. The way it is right now, the Pac-12 owns the, the late night time. I mean, there's Mountain West games also, but if you're turning on a, a college football game at 11 o'clock Eastern on, on Saturday night, you're getting... A, a Pac-12 game, right? They, they own that slot. You're not the, watching BYU-Utah? <laughs> well, Utah, yeah, maybe, yeah. That's a, I mean, that, that counts in my opinion. But, yeah, I think the, the question now is do they want to move up earlier and compete more with the bigger conferences, or do you stay in your late time zone, which which might be you know frustrating for East Coast fans, but at least gives you some kind of exclusive window in, in, in the Saturday landscape? All right, let's finish it up with Kyle Giesdorf. You know him? <laughs> Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> Kyle Zdeforth, 16 years old. Yep. From Pennsylvania. You know what he put in his pocket last yesterday? I, I yesterday do know. Afternoon? Yeah. A nice, nice three million dollars. Three million dollars because he, he won, won the Fortnite, World, Fortnite Cup. World Cup. By the way, we were out all day. We got. We drove home past the National Tennis Center, hmm. and I debated whether to tell my son that's where it's all happening because I was I feared the let's go, let's go, pull up, let's do, let's do. <laughs> but he was like, oh, okay. But as soon as we got home, boom, he put it on and he was watching to see Amazing. Kai win the three mil. And I think, what's what's the other guy? Tofu, tuf, tofu, 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 yeah. I don't know. He was he was participating too. That's the yeah, there was a I pro am there. Ninja participated Ninja. earlier in the weekend. What did you guys watch on? What, uh, uh, what he, he was on Xbox. So some, he watched in the game itself, yeah, the probably. Game. Did you know? By, and I like this, by the way, to boost. Yeah. I don't know whether it's a, a, a way to boost the number or whether it just made sense. But if you logged on Xbox simply to play Fortnite, you had to. The screen popped up of the live broadcast. Hmm. So you had no choice. It just came mm-hmm. up. So you were watching the World Cup while you were simply trying to play. Shades of Yahoo with Shades what of, they did but, with that. But London Yahoo was like a three second. Yeah, anything three second counted, counted yeah. as a uh, as a viewer. But I mean, what what do we say it was like upwards of two million concurrent? Yeah, streams, two, people mo- above two million concurrent yeah. streams, and that that's Twitch, that's YouTube, that's Facebook, that's right. Xbox, etc. Yeah, which is which is a good number. You know, it's not certainly not a record by any means no, for plenty e-sports. of sports leagues would sign up for it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. I was going to ask you if, if your son did watch because I know he's he's played a lot and maybe his his playing habits are shifting other. He's, over he's, to he's other sort games. of shifting to Roblox now. Interesting. Which is, I mean, he's not alone, obviously. Yeah. Um, but this was the first ever Fortnite World Cup, uh, thirty million dollar prize purse overall. The three million for the winner. You know, that's more than the, your Wimbledon winner gets. It's more than Tiger won. For the Masters, well, let's just keep that's, it. That's a legitimate. Just that's keep a big it the prize. same venue. I mean, you've got the U.S. Open coming mm, up in yep. that very same stadium. The winner there gets a check for three point eight. Yeah. So do I mean, U.S. Open versus 
Fortnite. Yeah, we're talking and, and in its real infancy, money. That's real money. Yeah, and 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 a lot of the esports conversation and, and most of the ones that we have on this podcast kind of stem around the the team the team leagues. You know, your Overwatch League, your League of Legends, uh, Fortnite. For the most part, is a singular sport, right? These guys are on teams, but it's a it's a the, the guy who won is it's a solo actor. Um, really, a, a, a nice kind of benchmark for another corner of the esports world that doesn't get talked about all that much. Yeah, that was funny. You know more about it than I do, but when I said something about the players and the teams, they're like, Dad, that's Overwatch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. I, I did not know. But eh, we should have had him on for this one. He I wonder how many kids now, that the argument about, you know, stop playing video games, you should focus on your studies, whatever, kids can now come back and say, look, I, I, can, win. I can win $3 million when, when I'm still in high school if I'm good enough at this game. I wonder if that conversation is happening in households around the country. Let's go back to sort of when we had the coach of the Connecticut Junior Rangers on, Jeff Hamilton. I, I think it's a ridiculous argument. If you're, <laughs> if you're looking ahead to that your kid's going to get a scholarship to college or whatever, you're better off just not playing and save them money. As I've said a million times, I can just pay, I can just pay for college if my kid wasn't playing hockey. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I am Scott Soshnick, along with Eben Novi-Williams. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with Bleacher Report CEO Howard Mittman. Speaking of skewing younger, you're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world, online, wherever you get your podcast. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.